Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to My Millennial Property with John Pigeon and always Emily Wallace. I'm here and I'm excited, John, because people actually understood what I was saying when I put out a post in the Facebook group. And if you're a part of the Facebook group, you'll know exactly what we're about to unpack in a Would You Rather episode. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, if you aren't part of the Facebook group, and I'm referring to the My Millennial Money Facebook group, be sure to go and join. Um, You'll probably know by now we do have a little family of podcasts under the My Millennial Money brand. And if you'd like to ask questions for us or for any of the podcasts that we have, we would love to hear from you in the group. Absolutely. Now, let's get into it. So, John, I put a post in the Facebook group and the people have delivered. I simply asked... It went it went off 155 comments. I reckon that's the most I've ever seen on a post (laughs) I've put out. (laughs) I'm excited. Now, some of these are going to be very straightforward, you know, would you rather this or that, very quick answers. And others we are going to unpack in more detail because some people have raised some very good, um, I guess, propositions as to what you might take one over another. Yeah, totally. So, let's get cracking into this. Gabe Weber has asked, would you rather live in your dream home and work an extra 10 years to pay for it or buy cheaper and retire earlier? Yeah, and that is a banger first up, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, look, coming from the rent vesting family that you and I are, Mm. um, look, my personal thought is it doesn't worry me what I live in but I want to live in the right location. So, yeah, the whole work thing, the whole um, fire movement, uh, retire early, like it... I think if you if you're loving what you do, um, it's it's not work itself. But yeah, if you said ten years, I'll, I'll probably take that. I'd say, look, let's go and play some golf and travel um, for the sake of not living in in my actual dream home. What would you do? Yeah, look, I think um, oh, it's so hard. I think if it meant buy cheaper, but you get into the area you want then I'd probably do that because I do want a bit of a life, you know, not be working for forever, although I yeah. do love what I do. But yeah, it's kind of, it's hard. Then this is the thing about would you rather, like you actually, you have to pick one or the other. That's you right. can't think about alternatives. Coke here. or Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. stop sitting on the fence, right? What are you doing? Okay. I am buying cheaper. And retiring early. Retiring early. That's what I'm yeah. doing. I'm going to yeah. go and live my life. Cool. Alrighty, moving on. This is a great one from Joe Elizabeth. Would you rather a crap neighbour and a pretty house or 
normal neighbours and a less pretty house. Oh, this is <laughs> this is so me at the moment. Really? <laughs> we had the neighbours call the police on us last week for kicking the footy into the fence. Oh, um, my and, goodness. And we had a full-on argument and even my wife got involved and that's heavy because she is so placid. Um, but <gasps> it's like I knew I was in the right when my wife's backing me up. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got a painful neighbour at the minute. So, yeah, I'm, I'm against neighbours at the minute. Okay, so you would take a less pretty house but have nicer neighbours would be your answer? Yeah, and I'm a pretty basic sort of a guy, Emily, so like I don't need a, a pretty house, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I want nice people around me that I can have good conversations with or, or just, just get by without any fuss, you know. That's fair. That's more than fair. Look, I, I partly agree with you, but I think I'm actually going to go on the other side of the fence because my theory is they're not going to be neighbours forever and hopefully you know, they're at a different stage in life and they're going to move eventually. That would be my hope because, um, or maybe I might be the reason that they, they leave, who knows, but, but I would actually go with um, the more pretty house and potentially sucking up some, some bad neighbours. Yeah, well, uh, look, can I delve deeper on that for a minute? Because yeah. I'm buying in the location that I want, not necessarily the house that I want. Mm. So I'm, I'm actually taking the neighbour with me like uh, with if the neighbour yeah the neighbour can come, come and go and I get that but I, I want to buy in the location that I want um, so if I was to reframe that question I'd be saying th- not so much the house but the more the location um, for yeah. me and and yeah if it was a location I'd be sucking up the neighbour. Yeah that's fair more than fair. Okay, moving on. This one has caused a lot of controversy. There's been quite a few replies to this comment from Louise Snado. And Louise says, one of the decisions I actually have to had to personally make, would you rather have a house with a dishwasher or a house with air conditioning? So this is obviously she's gone to purchase a house and it's only had one or the other. Yep. If you had the choice, what would you take? I want you to go first on this one. Okay. I'm going to take the air conditioning because I'm more than happy to wash up dishes and currently it's just my partner and I, we don't really have that many dishes and we have a deal that I cook and he does the dishes. So oh, the air conditioning wins. Yeah, that's a good deal. <laughs> I like that deal actually. And my kids whinge and moan about doing the dishes and responsibility around the house and, and I'm I'm with you. I'm air conditioner every day of the week. It's it's comfort, and I actually enjoy doing the dishes. It's, it's I don't have to think. I just wash, and and by the time I stack a dishwasher, uh, and then pull it out when it's done, and I, I just think I could have these dishes done by now. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So air conditioning all the way. Now, similarly, I guess along this trend of an aspect of a property, Tom has asked, would you rather a garden or a balcony? Now, this will highlight who is a green thumb and potentially who is not. (laughs) So are we saying garden slash backyard or are we saying just garden so I can grow my carrots? Well, it just says garden and the comments just sort of continue on as as a garden. So let's assume a garden where you can can grow vegetables. Yeah, so we're inner city living. Do we take a balcony? Do we take a a planter box out the back? Yeah, 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 Yeah. correct. Okay. I'm going to jump in on this one. I'm balcony all the way and the reason being not a green thumb but also usually when you have a balcony – 
um, that usually means you're elevated and it most of the time also equals a view of some some kind particularly when you're in apartment living I feel like having an aspect of looking out it does make it feel bigger than what it is um so yeah I would personally go balcony yeah I, I agree you can't dry your towel in a planter box you can uh, <laughs> you, you, you hang it out you, you can stand out there and stretch your arms and say hello to the world yeah balcony every day yeah awesome Glenn James has chimed in on on, on the thread here. Just oh, uh, don't know if anyone knows Glenn James, but I've just noticed a comment from him uh, in the thread, and it says, "Would you rather Glenn or John as a co-host?" I don't know. Wow, <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. What are the What are the comments saying? I might be. The comments are that well, Glenn commented on his own thread and said, "I'd rather John." Um, <laughs> And then he clarified and said, as opposed to himself and and I being Emily. So, yeah, interesting one. I don't know. I would like to hear from the people how what the, what they rate. Um, but the good thing is, in all of this, there is a show that has Glenn and yourself as co-hosts and then you and I as co-hosts. So, That's common right. denominator here, John gets the best of both worlds. Yes. Yeah. Look, if it came down to Emily and Glenn... It's definitely Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. That's no. definitely going to be edited out. <laughs> yeah, he's going to edit that out for sure. No. Uh, look, I I enjoy working with everyone that are nice people. So, and that includes both of you. Um, I just want to say on that, I can honestly say that I have never listened to a full episode of me on a podcast. Yeah, either. To be, because I hate. I don't like the sound of my own voice playing back to me. Yeah, that's more than fair. I'm with you on that. I sometimes listen to the intro so I can like preface it as on social media, what we're talking about this week sometimes, but uh, I reckon about three minutes is as far as I get because, yeah, we only need to talk what we're saying once and then it's out out in in the big wide world and um, people can listen to us. (laughs) Yeah, and if it's cringy, I don't have to hear it again. Yeah. True, true. Now, um, moving on, another one just before the break that I wouldn't mind diving into because it's actually really topical for a lot of clients that I'm working with, but more generally in the market. And I'm sure you find the same, John, with your clients. So, the question is, um, Wahib has asked, would you rather a small house in a prime location or a big house in a not so prime yet location? So potentially, uh, I guess I read that as it might be an up and coming area if it's not prime yet. Now, the reason this comes up so often, particularly for first home buyers, I find when people move to a city or an area that they've never lived in before they're not necessarily attached to a certain spot because they've got no emotional connection to it so for example um, there are a lot of people who move move into state for work or um, they might be with a partner and they're exploring a new area so sometimes people have a brief that's like 10 kilometer wide radius of where they want to be And I typically find when that's the case, they're more concerned about the house and the area because they're not wedded to an area. Mm. Whereas someone who's always had their eye on a spot or they've grown up in an area and they want to stay in that area, they're really fixated on that location. Is that like a trend that you sometimes see? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a growing concern for especially people that live in Melbourne and Sydney because of property prices, isn't it? In, in how do we buy in the area that we grew up in? And it's a, it's a double-edged sword because mum and dad might have built their way up over the last 20, 30 years to live in that A-grade location that they want to live in. But the kids are now 18, 20 trying to also do the same but fast track straight into that suburb without building through the generation or, or through the suburbs to to get to that spot so yeah it, it, it's a tough one and and i just i think yeah it, and and this is maybe a good one for my millennial careers is is when you look at uh people moving around we're usually moving because of work aren't we mm. but imagine we could move just without work in mind and just say, oh, I wouldn't mind living in Broome or I wouldn't mind living in, I don't know, uh, Brisbane or Darwin or wherever and, and just work it out from a work perspective after that. But, yeah, I think – I don't think Australians do enough of it and that's explore other parts of the country to, to indeed live in because we're, we're going out of our comfort zone too much. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I think a part of that is if people do buy into their own first home, um, there's a lot of notion and I, I especially hear it from first home buyers, like once they've settled into their new home, a lot of them will say, oh no, we're not holidaying anywhere anytime soon outside of you know, general circumstances um, that we're faced, but um, we're not holidaying anytime soon because we've got a mortgage to pay. And it's almost like people feel like because they're paying now for what they're living in, they have to be there, like they have to utilise yeah, the space, yeah. um, which is a really interesting concept. But yeah, I think people you could have the flexibility to try new areas. And the idea of short-term rentals in areas, if you know, your risk appetite or even just your personality lends itself to that can be a real benefit because you can go and basically shop the area, see if you like it and the lifestyle before you buy into it. It would be an overwhelming majority, I think, and I, there's no statistics behind this. This is just my um, my insight. An overwhelming majority of people buy into an area that they've never rented or lived in. Just straight off the bat, cold turkey, they're straight into a new area, which I think that's really brave, don't you? Like, I feel like that's a big jump. It, it is a big jump. And, and I think back to my early or mid-20s when I moved interstate to start a business up in an area that I've never lived in and I just had one really good friend who was living there at the time and I thought, oh, that's a good idea uh, just, to, just to go and do that and start up a business. Um, I was so naive at the time but I just thought, well, I'll just go and do it and I think – and, and a lot of our listeners are – uh, in their 20s, early 30s. So I just think it's a it's a fantastic time in our life just to do something like that because we aren't tied down as such or responsible for other people in our life and it's just us on our own. So it's, it's an awesome time to experience that. Yeah, most definitely. So um, I guess we've gone a little bit sidetracked as sometimes we do, but yeah, generally what was, speaking... What was it again? Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> um, it was, would you rather a small house in a prime location or a big house in a not so prime yet location? So it was basically yeah. looking at location versus accommodation, which is the most common debate people have in property. Um, and I always say to people, unless you have a, a budget that, is infinity, you will never get the precise match of both, I don't think. I, I actually don't know it's possible unless you have an endless budget. Yes, we're gunning for that at the moment, trying to 
to build that. Um, I, I think personally we've got an awesome location um, and we're trying to build that sort of dream home, which is contradictory to, to me, not fuss what I live in. But um, <laughs> any case, move on. <laughs> I, I, would, I would take the bigger, bigger house, to be honest. Yeah. Or bigger yeah. location, not be cramped. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, there's a couple of funny ones in here, um, still yet to go, and uh, a couple of more serious ones. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, John, this is a serious question from Hannah Bird. And... um. I'm looking at your reaction across the screen here. (laughs) Would you rather be in the shadow of a nearby building, uh, so not much natural light, like obviously you've got a shadow hanging over your building, or would you prefer lots of natural light but have to put up with seeing an ugly naked man regularly in the building opposite you? (laughs) (laughs) I love it, Hannah. Uh, good one, Hannah. Uh, it's it's obviously coming from a personal experience. I would say so. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, curtains, blinds, shutters. Yeah, surely there's. Uh, you know what to give that guy uh, for Christmas. Indeed, a, a timely present. Um, now I think I feel like the crux of this question is actually more around how important is natural light to you? Like, is it so important that you would put up with seeing a naked man on a daily basis? I I mean, you can't really manufacture light when particularly, you know, in the day. Nighttime, obviously quite different, but for the majority of time in the day, if you've got a south-facing house that's cold and dark um, or you've got a really tall high-rise next to you that's effectively blocking the sun from coming through, I just don't think it feels as nice. I think that's yeah. sort of the biggest thing. Yeah, no, natural light for me. Uh, I think it does depend on personality, doesn't it? But I, yeah, the natural light for me is uh, definitely a priority. Yeah. 
Okay, a quick fire one from Stuart Garrett. Stuart asks, would you rather a brick or weatherboard house? Mm. Good question. It is a good question. And I just want to go off on a bit of a tangent here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the soil type of where you're living, uh, brick and, and tiles on the roof um, do actually weigh down the foundations and over time can become unstable. So that's just a, a bit of a fast fact for someone um, listening, thinking about that. Um, and, and we're looking at that at the moment, uh, Calibon versus um, tiles. And I think there's two things to take into account for us anyway. One is maintenance and upkeep. Mm. And, and two is the aesthetics of it, so the look, right? Now, there's pros and cons for both of those um, and, and understanding what's in your neighbourhood. If it's just all colour bond streets, uh, then I'd be more inclined to go with uh, with tiles. Uh, now, they, they're they a lot lighter than they were 30 years ago, that's for sure. So, yeah, I, I'd probably lean towards tiles at the moment. What about you? So, you mean, sorry, just to clarify, tiles on a roof or do you mean... Oh, sorry, yeah, I've gone off on a tangent here. I do get told off for not listening. Um, yeah, actually the question is brick versus weatherboard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, weatherboard. <laughs> we got there in the end, people. We got there in the end. Um, I must say it's a common one that people... Uh, come across and I think the assumption is that brick is a more solid build Mm. but as you just mentioned with brick and you know those roof tiles weighing down the foundations it can actually long term have impact which many people don't think about I think I would I really actually don't have a preference I'm kind of I know I can't sit on the fence but I'm really like the exterior of a property to me is neither here nor there I'm more concerned about the interior because I can always fix the facade but what I would say I have seen a lot of older sort of properties in the early 1900s that are that classic weatherboard single front of Victorian style and they look no pun intended, they look really weathered. Like they're really quite worn. They often require repainting um, and things like that. Whereas I guess with brick, you do get cracking that you can visibly see and you might need to infill. So, yeah. oh, if I had to choose, I would go brick, but I'm really not fast. Yeah. I, I like those little terrace homes in Melbourne, like in Albert Park and, and a lot of those are – uh, sort of got that weatherboard front about them, which I quite like. So, yeah, look, it's, it's pros and cons for both, as we've mentioned. But, yeah, upkeep is is one thing to consider there, isn't it? Uh, Definitely. A lot, a lot of people, just on that, a lot of people yeah. come to me uh, in search of a, a property as an investment and they will have a criteria that it be a brick home. Um, yep. as for for just uh, stability and uh, an upkeep and strength in the property versus a weatherboard perceivably falling down or wearing quicker. Um, so yeah, the, the jury's out on that one. Mm. Now a bit of change of pace from uh, Hannah Simmons. Hannah has asked, would you rather live with your parents slash parent-in-laws to hardcore save for a deposit or rent elsewhere and take a bit longer. Your favourite term, John, free vesting. Isn't that right? I can't believe we're even talking about this. This is such a (laughs) no-brainer. 
yeah. Look, it's free vesting every day of the week for me. Just save the pennies and short-term pain. Well, it might even be painful. Like it's, it's enjoyable to live with parents. So, yeah, get it done. Not, not for all though. I have to say there's a comment here from Alex uh, who is – opposing your your view there and says yeah. I'd rather rent I'd rather poke my eye out with a hot poker <laughs> than live with my parents slash in-laws yeah um it's personal choice right and I think if it means that you're saving and you actually don't mind living with them then I think that's actually becoming more and more common and certainly something that's going to accelerate that ability to get the deposit ready mm. There are some challenges for people. Some people, you know, their parents or family uh, relatives might live interstate and it's not possible to live with them, so they do have to rent. Uh, and other situations, just family-wise, it just would never work. But yeah. I also think, and I'm sure there's people who have um, faced this before, I think there's a real mental barrier about going back to live with parents. Like if you've already moved out of home and then you're going back to live with mum and dad or with your partner's parents, I do think there is still a mental barrier and whether it's ego or whether it's you know feeling like you're going backwards because you're going back home Mm. there's nothing wrong with that at all like it's really at the end of the day if you're able to save a deposit in half the time and get into the market and achieve your long-term vision I feel like that's a pretty small sacrifice in a way yeah totally and you hit the nail on the head starts with E ends with O and it's got a G in the middle. Like it, it affects so many people and it's like, well, what will people think of me if I move back in with a mum or dad or both? Like suck it up is my view on that because it's going to pay you back a hundred times over uh, and, and just think what the alternative is. Like if I don't do that, what's what's the alternative? And that mm. doesn't sound that great to, to people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, obviously, one to consider based on your personal circumstances. John is definitely pro-free vesting. As if you've been a long-term listener, you'll know that that's his favourite thing to say on the podcast. I'm writing a um, book on it, actually. There you go. See? <laughs> we'll wait for it, John. We'll wait for it to come out. Um, now, change of pace and a very less serious note. One from Josh Nicholson here. Josh asks, would you rather cookies and cream ice cream or chalk mint? Josh, he's a long-time listener. He was on the show once. There you uh, go. did a clarity with him, I think. Um, so, Josh, oh, I'm so vanilla. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm chock chip. What are you? I'm chock chip too, but it appears from his response he is not in agreement with us and is a cookies and cream person. So, yeah. there you go. Very good. Okay. Now, one last one to finish up. Another one from Hannah. Hannah actually put quite a few good questions forward, Hannah Simmons. Um, but I just want to close out this particular – we're doing a second episode, guys. So, if your question hasn't been answered in this one, keep posted for next week. It is coming. Um, Hannah has asked, when saving for your first deposit, would you rather hold your savings in a high-interest savings account, term deposit, or in the share market? So, there's actually three options there by the sounds of it. Um, so, yeah, high-interest savings savings account, term deposit, or the share market? Ooh. Ooh, wow. It's a tough one. It is, yeah. It's personally, it really depends on how quickly we want to get it out. But if I if I knew enough about the share market, I'm in my early 20s, I, I would maybe stick my neck out and, and have a go and fast track it as opposed to a, 
a crappy term deposit that's on offer at the moment with interest rates the way they are, what would you do? Well, to be honest with you, and this is me showing that I'm definitely more a property person than, than a finance-based person, like what would be a, um, a return on a term deposit? Like what's a – do you know what it looks like at the moment? Not very yeah. much. It's it's less than what the banks are lending money to us at the moment and Glenn oh. and I did an episode on it just last week or a couple of weeks ago um, and, yeah, so they're, they're going to offer you – at best. So when you actually do the maths on that, I'm almost better keeping the money under my pillow. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's like – but in saying that, you've got to understand your own personality and and invest what you can afford to lose as well. So I I don't like the hanging your hat on getting a certain result to – to fast track into something else but yeah I, I just think back to when I was my in my 20s if I had my time to fast track it I'd probably um, take a punt on the shares as long as I knew what I was doing which I didn't so I didn't do it. Yeah I was gonna say I don't know what I'm doing um, because all of my financial plan is so long term it's not kind of like a one or two year thing as to what I've invested in so I would personally choose the high interest savings account so it's accessible at any time Um, I've actually got one of them at the moment saving for my next so that's probably I know it's probably not the best return in the whole wide world I could get but it's better than nothing at all so I'll take it Totally. And something in between that, obviously being a managed fund where you get a better return generally than a term deposit as well. So yeah, the risk profile comes into play there, doesn't it? Always does. Now that rounds out our episode for today. So Thank you, everybody who contributed and everyone we were able to answer your questions, how serious or non-serious they may have been of your Mm. would you rather. John and I are doing this in two parts and then we've actually decided anything that still isn't covered off from this thread because it's quite a lengthy thread will actually become some of the quickfire intros to our upcoming episodes. So keep listening. If it hasn't been covered off today or in the next episode, it will certainly be covered off at some point in time. And we're so thankful um, that you actually put these to us. I was expecting like maybe a handful, like five or six people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Yeah, it's been awesome. It's, uh, they're good barbecue conversations, aren't they? You can just reel yeah. off 10 or 20 of them and people just come up with weird and wonderful sort of questions for it and answers. Yeah, no, I love them. Great way to have a conversation. So thank you, everybody, for contributing. Keep posted for next week's episode for part two. Until then, have a good week. All right, see you guys. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And I've created the Buying Coach, built from my experience as a buyer's advocate to demystify the confusion around purchasing property, particularly for first home buyers. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today.
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.